Good morning, Patriots. And oh my goodness, it is Friday already, the 10th of November. Can you believe it? This week has actually flown by. Pretty amazing. And we're ending the week on such a high note because we're getting everything back online again, working normally. Thank you, Microsoft Windows. <laughs> I can't believe I actually said that. Yeah, I did. I did. Apple. You're just as bad as you were in the garden. We're going to have to see you say goodbye to you. I swear. My goodness. What an unbelievable event. You know, it, it's it's really pretty interesting, though. You can't miss the irony that as I started talking about going back to the garden, suddenly, like, all the Apple products stopped working. God's probably like, okay, son, now let me tell you something. If you're going to talk about the Apple in the garden, quit using an Apple with a bite out of it. Got it? Like, yes, sir. Got it. We shall adapt. It's good. It's outstanding. Well, Patriots, before we get going this morning, do keep in mind that food is always going to be a crisis issue. It is nuts. We have the realities of that all around us, and we have a, the events that we thought wouldn't, weren't going to happen did happen, are, are happening. We can't trust our government. They're completely treasonous and traitor, traitors. And Everything that they do and everything that we see happening in our world ultimately is against us. That's because we're living under tyranny. And tyranny likes to use food as a weapon system, food to make people bow and comply to its will. And it's going to happen in many forms. It already is. We have one of the highest rates of homelessness and food shortages we've ever seen, and the, and the views on the horizon aren't getting any better. So make sure you're well-prepared and well-stocked. So what do you do? You take advantage of the great things that My Patriot Supply has. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest supplier of emergency food. Shelf life on these products are 25 years, and their ideal product for a family is their three-month emergency food kit. Three-month emergency food kit. And how do you find it is the question. You head on over to our website, preparewithbars.com. Preparewithbars.com. There you're going to find the three-month emergency food kit. You can If you get it, Order by 3 p.m. in the day. They're going to ship it out same day, and it's free shipping with every order. It's fantastic. So this is something that has 2,000 calories a day, mixed meals with good fl flavor and good healthy profiles. It's designed to keep you mentally strong and in the fight, and you want to have it. It's part of a baseline of a food product. So head on over to My Patriot Supply, or better, go to our website, preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. Take advantage of the three-month emergency food kit. And you are in the running and in the money. It's good. You won't. You will not be unhappy that you did. So as we look across some of the crazy, this was a headline that I got this morning that just made me laugh. It, it, because things like this make me laugh. We because we're dealing with a cult. First of all, this is a cult that truly think, thinks that they can solve everything by bringing people to their will. So what is the headline? Renewable energy meltdown spreads. Plug power crashes after going, growing concern warning. Shares of Plug Power, a company specializing in hydrogen and fuel energy, plummeted by 30% in pre-market trading in New York. This steep decline in the company's third quarter earnings report on Thursday evening, which cited unprecedented supply changes in hydrogen network in the United States of America. Yeah, well, no kidding. Plug Power reported third quarter losses of 28.3.5 million. We're dealing with a time right now that they keep trying to force energy change upon the public. And there's a real simple issue. If people don't want it, people aren't going to buy it. And they, this is, a, this is a, a bubble that most of those in power, and especially those on the left, 
that think that everything is free, that the government will provide subsidies for everything and that money's unlimited and it doesn't have any means other than just to buy what they want and give them what they want. They have no idea that in order to make these changes, people have to literally have a good economy and have to have the will and desire to make the change. You imagine, like, here we have electric, which people have already suckered into that stupidity. And the electric deal is everyone that buys an electric car is going to get in debt for 60000 or more. And then, well, if you had to get that battery pack replaced, yeah, well, good luck on that one. Because if the battery pack lasts as long as they say, which it won't because of weather and other things, at about five years, you're going to be faced with about twenty dollars or $30,000 additional charge on your vehicle just to get a new battery pack. And they don't know what to do with them. I mean, the, the waste on these things is outrageous. Okay, so that's the electric car. Now they're pushing this hydrogen concept, which I'm not against hydrogen. Let's be very clear. I think it's a good source of energy. But you're talking a new purchase. So, you know, you can choose. You can go in debt for a $60,000 car with a $20,000 re-indebted moment in five years. Or you can spend 80000 or 100000 on a hydrogen car. Or you can just keep your regular gas-powered car and say, you realize how many gallons of gas that I can use and, and buy with this car that I have and not deal with your nonsense? That's essentially what we're dealing with here. But unfortunately, when it comes to practical economics, the key word there, practical, there isn't much of that that exists within the cognitive space of many of these people making plans. That's just what it is. Now, as we know, the drama of the Trump trial is ongoing, and I hope you enjoy that drama because it's intended to distract you. And I know I hear these people all the time. I get this, too. It's like, well, there's people that need to be awakened. <laughs> there's people that need Jesus, too. So my, my, my emphasis will always be Jesus and not, not, not Trump's trial, so we're clear. It is a distraction, and it is a part of an ongoing issue of keeping everybody off base. Keep in mind that what we talked about last night, which is really important, the back end of this system is being re-engineered. The updates that you're getting, which are almost daily now, there's, there's certain programs that I run that are updating literally like every other day. And what's happening is the architecture in the web is being re-engineered almost at such a speed that they're having to do many of these updates to keep pace. They're going to tell you their security patches. They're going to tell you a variety of things. There isn't a tech company out there that I know of that really gives you a security patch other than to just ensure you that your system will run more efficiently now that they've found another way to drag more data out of you. The data issue in our time is equivalent to coal mining in the old world. Coal was the foundation of building empires because it was cheap and it allowed factories to run at max power with a cheap source of fuel. In this day and age, what drives this economy is data. And we are the coal mine. We are what's being mined. All of our data is being stripped at massive levels. They have no use for it for the good. It's all for the for their benefit and profit. And keep in mind their ultimate goal, and they do it anyway. Anytime you use these machines with biometrics of any kind, once you put your biometrics in, and I've been guilty, so I'm not saying I'm outside of guilt here, they own your biometrics, fingerprints, face prints, eye retina scans. They own it, not you. That's literally stealing part of your soul into the world of the, of the matrix for them to own it. Patriots, it's 11 minutes after the hour. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, and we're grateful, and we're humbled, and we are sitting here on a Friday, which is just a, a nice feeling of what we've been able to accomplish over this week. So, Father, we just want to raise our hands in celebration and say amen to all that has passed. 
which would include the birth of a new child in our family, which was Nikki's grandchild, and the variety of, of good things that are happening. And so we're going to acknowledge, Father, that there's a lot more good than there is bad, that this world in which we live is truly a death cult, and we have to continue to find those azimuths of, of life within all that we do. And the enemy's working overtime. The enemy's trying to divide us. The enemy's trying to use little things. But here's the, here's the deal, Father, and this is what we're going to pray for in, intensely this morning. We're going to pray for a mass level of deliverance for this nation, a deliverance to release the burdens and the wounds of the past. And as we lean into deliverance now, Father, we're literally praying in hard that many of the, those hidden and suppressed memories that those binds that have held people to a past are broken. And as we raise our hands and we, we pray into this, we're saying, Father, lift up these wounded hearts and let them feel the anointing and the power of the blood of Christ. And let these hearts be healed. And let those, all of us who have burdens, wherever they are, let those rise to the surface and let us speak them into the public and let us speak them with witness and let us speak them to heal from what's in within us. And Father, let's, let us see a moment here in this nation where we wake up finally from this darkness, not because of some television show or some desire to vote for somebody else, but the awakening happens within our heart at such a deep level to awaken to whom we are, for we are children of the Most High, children in this hour of the Most High that need to come to the line and say, we are the children of the Most High that the world has been groaning and waiting in anticipation for. And so, Father, we're praying in a mass deliverance across this nation, a deliverance from those things that have held us back and from the order of the demonic that continues to exploit those. We cast all these demons out. We place a hedge of protection around this nation from east to coast to west coast, from north to south border. And we raise this nation up and we put a hedge of protection that's anchored in the blood of Christ that goes infinitely down and infinitely up. And any of the demonic that is trying to press in here. He has no authority. And any demonic that's on this land has no more authority. And so we break the chains of the demons. For this land is yours, Father. It is a holy land. It is a land that's been given to us, a land that was fought for in the, in the name of Jesus, a land that was brought up with the foundations of our founding fathers anchored deep in Scripture and the biblical truths. And this is something we need to get back to. It's a fantastic moment in time where we as a people can make a choice to return to the throne and in so doing see a nation freed. And so, Father, we're making that choice this morning. We're making that choice to continue that walk towards freedom in the most profound and beautiful way. A walk of freedom that brings us and restores us back to the foot of the throne. We cast those demons out that have tried to infect its insides. We deny the access of these demons, for we are declaring this in the name of kingdom with the authorities given to us in the name of Jesus as stewards of this land. And we rebuke the demonic that is trying to constantly weasel its way in, divide us and conquer us, put us, pit us man against man, woman against woman, and dividing marriages and destroying children. And so, Father, we stand for this no more. As we speak this in, we speak that this nation is now freed from the clutches and the holds of the demonic realm. And, Father, we speak in life into this nation. We breathe life deep within this nation. We deep breathe life deep within the roots of this nation. 
and we breathe life into the children. We breathe life back into the families. For Father, we're raising up the family again. We're raising up the children. We're raising up this kingdom in a gloriful moment in time. So Father, too often we, we lean into prayers where we start to think of ourselves or we think of the small things, but we're not going small today, Father. We're going big and we're thinking bigger. We're thinking of a nation being set free. We know that if we speak our prayers in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus, that they will be heard at the thrones and they heard at the, and your throne in heaven, Father. So we're speaking something big. We're speaking to have a nation delivered, a nation delivered from the clutches of a demonic world that has grabbed hold in so many ways. Shackles at the ankles and shackles at the waist and shackles at the throat and shackles on their wrists. And as we face each of these, we break those chains. And those chains are cast out and placed at the foot of Jesus, and Jesus, for you to cast them into the lake of fire. And now as we put our hearts into this nation, we pour love into this nation at an unprecedented level, Father, because what we know is that love heals and love is the greatest weapon. And so we're waging war in the fortresses of heaven. We're wielding the swords and weapons that are given to us to tear these fortresses down. And as we tear these fortresses down, we're severing the ties of the puppet masters and severing the ties of the spiritual to the physical. And we're setting this nation free. And in setting this nation free is setting the hearts of this nation free to seek you, Lord. We don't need to entice people because we know that once people are set free, they naturally seek you, Lord. That's our nature. That's who we are. We were built in the perfection of you. We were built in the perfection of all that you wanted us to be. And in the between that and now, we are told the lies of the pulpit that we are not worthy. We are told the lies of a culture that says you are not worthy. We are told the lies that we live with and taken with our heart that are lies of the, of the curses of death. And so we rebuke those lies. We rebuke them and we cast them off and we break them. And again, Father, we stand in the gap. We stand mightily in the gap with our arms raised and we say, Father, we speak life into this nation. We breathe life into this nation. I speak life into my heart. I speak life into my fellow, my neighbor's heart. I speak life into my brother's heart. We speak life and love, Father. And it's here that we see things healed. And we here we see the, the power of the earth shake. And it's here that all that, is, that was not of heaven falls. And we are now in this heavenly realm where we are waging war in the most powerful way, not worried about what's out here in the physical because we know that what's in the physical is a replication or an extension of what's in the spiritual. So, Father, we're waging war in that spiritual realm. And we're asking, Father, if you will give the war angels a chance, a release to come into this world, that you release them and release them throughout the realms to start severing these ties, to hear the voice in the hearts of your remnant now, Father, that this nation must be healed. Our children must be healed. These babies must be healed, removed from the clutches of darkness, and now given the light and the power of Jesus that pours down upon them, to raise them up, to not let them be a lost generation, not let adults turn their eyes away and say they're a lost generation not let ourselves turn our eyes away from the homeless and the painful pain that is around us, the drug addicts, and say, there's just a lost generation. No, Father, they're, they're us. They're all part of us. And in this moment, Father, in this prayer, we pour in our love. We pour in our love to heal all of us, to unite all of us. 
to bring us all back into the knit and the fold of your family, this family. This is the kingdom, and it's what we seek. It's what you seek. We seek your heart, Father. So hear our prayers, Father. Lift us up. Lift this nation up. We got here in a horrible way. It's a painful walk, and it's not an easy walk back, but it begins today with ourselves humble before the throne, before the mercy seat. And we say, Father, we pray mercy for this nation. We pray healing for this nation. We pray love for this nation. We speak all those things into this nation. We speak life in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We have to go on the offensive in a different way. And that offensive has to be grounded and rooted in what God needs the most. It's, we can talk about slaying demons all day long, and I'm happy to slay demons. I'm happy to cast them out. But the one place where demons cannot take root is a place where love prospers. It's truly a moment where when demons find that the soil that they're trying to put their roots into is radiating with the love, compassion, and mercy that comes from our Father, those roots wither and die. We don't have to worry of as much about casting out as much as we need to do to change the soil which is within our heart. And as we change the soil in our heart, we're allowing the love of heaven, the seeds of heaven to grow and prosper within us. That's deliverance. That's delivering a nation. That's delivering our people. And so we need to be seeding that. We need to be filling that. We need to be finding the love. The enemy's on working on overtime. And with this, there's so many scars and pains of a nation. Let's be real. People carry heavy burdens. And as I, even as I sit here, I'm just hearing literally the echoes of some of those pains. And prayer is where it should be. That prayer was big. That prayer was deep into the, into the heart of a nation. And the heart of the nation is pained right now. This nation groans from the pains of abortion and from the pains of, of all the things we've done to prevent children from coming in. This heart of the nation pains when the trafficking and exploitation of children, the abuses that happen within the walls of homes, the fathers that aren't there, the fathers that abuse their wives and children, the mothers that are left alone and stranded trying to raise a child on their own. That was never as intended. This nation is pained more from that than it is the actual violence of criminality. And yet what they try to tell us is it's the violence of criminality that is the worst. It's bad. But the greater pain, the depth of the pain, the origins of all that go back to the home, go back to the family, go back to the children. And it goes back to the pains and burdens in which is carried in the heart. So if we're going to pray a powerful prayer, we pray into that healing. We pray into that deliverance. We pray in and say to Father, Father, we need your grace and glory to touch the hearts of every person in this nation. We need something to shake us. We need something to raise us. We need something to bring us before the throne and make us vulnerable. 
The greatest power God has to give us is when we are vulnerable before the throne, when we have the truth in our heart and the courage within our heart to stand before the throne and say, Father, these are the things that I carry upon my heart that I am burdened with. He reads your heart, but he needs your heart to him. He needs our hearts to come to him and say, Father, look under my heart, look into my heart, see that pain that I carry, those wounds that I bear. And that's where the power of the blood begins. Because there we can stand before him vulnerable. And then we need to speak that in public to others as witness. And we speak that because as we speak our pains and our sins as with witness to others, that's where the true healing begins. Right now, if we could sit here and listen to a nation that was being delivered, we would hear the crying out of the pain. We would hear the wailings. We would hear the travails. We would hear those things of the screaming and the, the releasing. And it would shake many people that weren't there that understood what was going on. And yet it would be freeing because this would be the moment where a nation comes to its knees before the Father. And they say, Father, and I'm humbled before you. Hear my heart. Release me from this chains. And releasing into life is a painful walk because the demons get cast away, and those wounds, they get healed, and we step into that pathway of life, because this is what the ultimate fight is. We can talk politics all day long, but the ultimate fight is the spirit of life versus the spirit of death, and the spirit of death wants the children. That's where they anchor their fight. They confuse the adults, and they attack the children, and the spirit of life says no more. And we breathe that spirit of life into this nation. And we speed, breathe the spirit of life into every person we encounter. And as we do that and we breathe life, we watch the enemy run. The enemy has to take, take cover because they can't compete with life. They can't compete with the breath of our God. And in his many names, the center point of God is that it is the breath in which we speak, the breath in which we walk on, the breath in which we need to live. Every person has that in them. It's not about what church you go to. It's about the breathing into the Holy Spirit and the mightiness of the Holy Spirit within us and to raising us up to finally see clearly each other. The scales fall, the, the divisions fall, and we see each other's heart. And we see the fellow heart of another walk in the body of Christ. God made all things. He didn't make one batch of people better than another batch of people. He made all things. And together, we knit this world back together. And we do so in the mightiness of prayers that are willing to take a stand and to take a risk and to go further and farther and to say, not just about me today, Lord, but this is about all of us. This is about a nation. And ultimately, this is about a world. So let's pray life, speak life, walk life, and take that into the weekend to raise up life in everywhere you go and everyone you touch. Father, thank you for this day. And may this day be a moment where this nation hears these prayers and you hear our prayers and we begin to step off on a new direction, a direction of life as we release from the bondages of the spirit of death. Lift us up in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus' name, amen.
Patriots, tonight we have Pastor Brad Cummings on, two and a half hour interview, long one, but it'll be there in full. That'll be Bards FM. Good show tonight. I'm looking forward to it. He covers a lot of good topics. You'll enjoy it. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, to see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not, what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.